didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, and take a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We started at season one. We're now finished with season two, and we're here with your recap of the whole season. So we've got a bunch of stuff in store for you guys. So Colin's going to recap the entire season really quick, and then we'll get to it. Just to refresh everybody's memories, because the the episodes, they all blur together. Yeah. That's like I said, at the end of the first season, it's just like one long movie, but, Mm -hmm. and then we can kind of pick our favorite and, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, episode one was Mad Max. Kelly and crew uh, hit Pittsburgh. The boys are at the arcade. Will sees the upside down. We meet Billy and Max for the first time and also Bob Newby. Steve and Nancy have KFC at the Hollands and Hopper is hiding L in his cabin. So that's episode one. Episode two is Trick or Treat Freak. It's Halloween. Uh, we get L's backstory of hiding in the woods and eating squirrel. Billy almost runs over the boys in their Ghostbusters costumes. Bob and Joyce have their little dance. Nancy and Steve go to Tina's party where everything is bullshit. <laughs> the shadow monster comes after Will trick or treating and then Dustin opens his trash can. Episode three is the polywog where Dustin gets Dart and puts it in his terrarium. Bob tells Will about Mr. Baldo. Dart gets loose in the school. The pumpkin conspiracy comes to light and then the shadow monster gets Will. Episode four is Will the Wise. Joyce takes Will home. Elle has her psychic tantrum. Nancy and Jonathan go to the park and then get taken to the lab. Will draws all the tunnels on the paper and Dart eats Muse. Episode five is Dig Dug. That is Hopper Down in the Tunnels. Eleven hitchhikes to Terry's and learns about the 450 Rainbow Breathe. Dustin traps Dart in the cellar. Lucas tells Max everything. Nancy and Jonathan meet Murray. Bob and Joyce rescue Hopper. And then Will convulses in the pumpkin patch. Episode six is The Spy. The doctors get to work on Will. Dustin and Steve see Dart escape through the cellar wall. Jonathan and Nancy get jiggy. Owens shows Hopper the rift, and then they run the burn test on Will. Steve and Dustin talk about Farrah Fawcett spray. The demodogs attack on the junkyard and then kill all the soldiers. Episode seven, eh, I don't really remember it at all. Episode eight <laughs> is the Mind Flayer. The demodogs climb out of the lab pit. Billy and his dad bond. The lab becomes a war zone. Bob saves the day before becoming demodog dinner. Everyone goes back to Joyce's and try to get through to Will. The Demodogs attack, but L comes back and saves the gang. And then the last episode, which is episode nine, The Gate, the gang splits up. Jonathan, Nancy, and Joyce take Will to Hopper's shed. L and Hopper head to the lab. Steve and the kids head to the tunnels after Billy beats up Steve. They light up the tunnels. Will gets the monster burned out of him, and L closes the gate. Snowball happiness. So those are your nine episodes. Did you have a Did you have a favorite from the season? Number seven. Just kidding. No. No. (laughs) Which one was that again? I keep forgetting Uh, about that one. uh, Yeah, I actually love the season finale of season two. Just, I I think that Steve gets his his time to shine. And I know I like lean towards Steve a lot, but I really do think he does great. And I, he just, he's so endearing when he picks up the slack and, takes care of the kids and yeah and, 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 and i've said it before it's so funny to go back at season one and look at what an asshole he was oh yeah he's awful <laughs> i mean with the whole you know I, and even then i said at the time uh when he broke the camera in the parking lot you know i kind of get you know that was kind of mm-hmm. schmucky of jonathan to take the pictures but you know just the 
you know, you have it in your hand and you just kind of let it fall into the ground. Oh yeah. He and, just, you know, yeah, that's just, and then Carol and Tommy who we've did farewell to. So. Oh, I wish they'd gotten eaten by the Demogorgon. Well, we don't know. They didn't, you know, it's. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, I went with, I love the spy, the sixth episode. That's the one where Jonathan and Nancy get freaky, but I, I, re- I love more Murray's reaction to it and his uh, like the evolution of murray uh in the season i thought was really good and then that's also the episode when steve and dustin have their hairspray talk on the railroad tracks and then the fight in the junkyard and stuff Mm -hmm. so i think that's probably my favorite season favorite episode it's hard they do run together because like we said i think in i don't know our last episode maybe the episode before last just how the second half of the season is one day yeah and it's hard to keep track of the episodes because it really is more like a nine hour movie yeah they get split up so uh the imdb uh whatever you call them people rankings or whatever had them in exact reverse order um actually so with the exception of the lost sister episode so um episode nine was the highest rated episode yes. 9.4 so that's the last and then it goes eight uh and then we skip seven and then six five four three two one um and so one is the lowest rated of the season not lowest rated episode of the season not, not counting, counting the lost seven. sister yeah uh and that that's at an 8.3 and then the lost sister is 6.1 rotten tomatoes uh not quite as high as season one as i recall that was like 98 and uh, 98 critic and 96 uh audience and season two is 94 percent critic and 90 percent audience which is still yeah it's huge crazy awesome the the season finale of each season is the highest rated on imdb yeah of each season like yeah. it's always the final episode that gets the biggest rating it is. i mean because everything kind of wraps up and it's usually a little bit longer and when we get to season well, and three's finale you know yeah it's yeah. so fresh in everybody's memory too like i, I think right. that i feel like more people are people on the internet are apt to rank something when they either really love it or they really hate it like people in the middle they just kind of are like man i don't care like right. I, I wouldn't care enough to rank it but yeah no i never have either so yeah no, I meant not me personally, like, but like people in the middle. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. So um, awards for the season, they got nominated for 12 Emmys for this season. Uh, they only won one. We talked about it back. It was episode eight, The Mind Flare, which won for outstand- Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy or Drama Series. Uh, it also got nominated for, but didn't win, Outstanding Drama Series, Casting for a Drama Series, Cinematography, Music Supervision for the Halloween episode, uh, Millie Bobby Brown for Supporting Actress, David Harbour for Supporting Actor, Sound Mixing for episode eight, and then... The finale got four nominations for editing, visual effects, directing, and writing, but did not win any of those. So, but it did win sound editing for the Mind Flayer. I still think about the fact that there was only one special effects editor. Yeah, <laughs> in season a, one, a part timer. Yeah, and now they're like, oh, oh, yeah, and looking forward to season four. I mean, good lord. You well, I think the- that's. I mean. I think that's why we are, it's taking so long. Yeah. Because they keep talking about this, just the span of, I mean, everybody has mentioned season four, it's just bigger. It's bigger is what everybody keeps saying. It's going to freak people out. Like it's just, it's scarier. It's just like multiplied by everything. And I think yeah, in a way that 
the pandemic and the delay that, that, you know, that it caused with filming, I, I think it's upped everyone's expectations because it's been so long. Well, I, also... I mean, and season three was really big too. I mean, when you think about the effects in season three and, mm-hmm. and the story and how it, you know, got outside of Hawkins and, you know, they were kind of all over the place and, right. um, but there were some pretty big you know, visual effects in season three too. And it just felt bigger. Yeah. So and and I'm sure they want to, they want to make it even bigger than season three was. So they do. And I, you know, like, I think we've talked about this before, they're going back to more of a horror genre yeah. in season four. And that typically requires more special effects because you're dealing with, you know, supernatural things and right. blood and gore and all that. Yeah. Uh, SAG Awards, uh, as you recall, season one, they got best ensemble for uh, SAG Award for season one. Four nominations, no wins at the SAG Award. They were nominated for ensemble, uh, Millie for female actor, David for male actor, and then stunt ensemble, but didn't win any of those. Golden Globes, uh, they went 0 for 2. Uh, Winona got her uh, nomination back for season one. The only nominations this time were Harbor for Supporting Actor and then Best TV Series Drama. And then we had the MTV Movie and TV Awards. They were nominated for seven and they won four. They were nominated but did not win for Best Kiss, which was between Finn and Millie. Uh, Best On-Screen Team, which was Gaten, Finn, Caleb, Noah, and Sadie. So the, you know, the, the boys mm-hmm. and, and the Sadie. The party. Uh, and then Dacre um, Montgomery as Billy um, was nominated for Scene Stealer, but they did not win. The four that did win were Best Musical Moment, which was when Mike and Eleven danced to Every Breath You Take at the Snowball. Best Performance in a Show went to Millie. Most Frightened Performance went to Noah. And Best Show at the MTV Movie and TV Awards went to Stranger Things for season two. So there you go. The MTV Awards always bug me. Because it's just people, it's, you know, you've got these like kitty fandoms that love, not that like. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And not I'm, that's I just, bad, but you can always predict what's going to win. I just love the categories. I mean, they're so, I mean, they're so, they get best kiss and most, <laughs> most frightened performance and best on oh, yeah. team. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, best kiss has been huge for, yeah. for years. Remember when uh, Rachel McAdams. And Ryan Gosling. Oh, for the notebook. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like just the talk of the town when they did that. Yeah. (laughs) So going back and looking at just looking up a little bit of trivia for the the season as a whole, and I found an article where Matt Duffer was talking about two of the the yeah, kind of the smaller bits of season two. And um one was the when the kids arrived at school on Halloween and they were in their costumes. And Lucas was upset that Mike and he were also were dressed mm-hmm. as, as the same guy and nobody went as Winston. Yeah. So it wasn't even original part of the Ghostbusters. So that bit. And then also the whole conversation that the kids had about three musketeers and nougat and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Those two jokes or those two, you know, bits of dialogue came right out of actual arguments that they were having in the writer's room as they were putting the show together. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so Matt says the Ghostbusters joke was an argument about which kid would be, would be which character. And the Three Musketeers argument was a real argument we had. Suddenly a debate about candy, gar- uh, candy bars can get fairly heated. So I think it's just kind of funny how you can kind of see how scripts oh, yeah. you know, evolve. That, you know, I'm sure they're saying, well, you know, Lucas has to be Winston. But why? Because he's black? Oh, no, no. You know. Yeah. Or, or backtracking real quick. Yeah. that's. It, but it's it's funny because I feel like that the 
that the writers actually give a ton of clues away on what is going to happen in the season. And it's just so unnoticed by fans. I feel like, like, I don't think a ton of people follow stranger writers, but you know, they released that entire whiteboard of movies oh, that, all they the movies watched, that, that they watched and were influenced. And they're, they're like, yeah, somewhere in here is the, you know, formula that we used for season four. And there, I just think there's a lot you can like gain from that. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it also obviously fuels everybody who loves the, you know, loves to sit around and speculate on what it's going to, what it's going to be about and, and you oh. know, what the plot line's going to be and who's going to, you know, who's going to die and who's going to live and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's what and I live the- for. It is. It's fun. It's just. It's. It's just a great show because it's so cloaked in mystery. It, it makes the fans. You think of something like Bridgerton. I mean, nobody's sitting around going, "Gee, I wonder, you know, who's going right. to." But I mean, it was hugely popular, and people watched mm-hmm. it for the reasons they watched it. But I mean, there's no real mystery to it. But no. You look at well, something I, like this, and you know, there's so much mystery and suspense. It allows the and, fans to get involved. Right. You know, they feel like they're a part of it when they can sit and speculate and if they're right you know they're they're i called it i did this you know i knew this right. was gonna happen and yeah i i do that all the time when i'm i am convinced on one like specific plot line that's gonna happen in season four because i've just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it so yeah. it's yeah. fun to sit around and so what's that. your what's your overall impression of the season because i know we we started talking you know before we started doing it that it was much darker mm-hmm. um and it was much more intense uh, and then I just watched season three again, which I think is, is very dark and, and it's not really violent. Well, it's kind of violent, but it's, I mean, there are some really kind of the gross aspects to it that we'll get to it um, when we get there. But I mean, I do think, you know, there were some lighter moments in this. I think of all the stuff with Steve and Dustin um, and that relationship. Um, I think of all of the Bob Newby stuff uh, before he died you know, there are some lighthearted bits in it, but yeah, I mean, it was still certainly dark. I mean, so do it, you still have the same impression of season um, two before? It's been so long since I've rewatched season three. I mean, it's been at least six months, I think, since I've watched it, which I don't know, six months, maybe a year. And I think I've only rewatched season two twice before right. this. So three times total. Yeah. And it's definitely my least favorite of the season so far, because I don't know if dark is the right word because I agree that season three is dark. Everyone is just in such a bad mood in season two. Everyone is yeah, in a I mean, terrible specifically mood. Mike. I mean, Mike is Mike, I think kind of brings. And I don't know if he like, if he's overshadowing everyone because his bad mood is so bad, you know, yeah. but then I started watching season three again and he's, he sucks in season three. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. All the way. He kind of sucks all the way straight through. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know there. I think there's more lighthearted aspects of season three that make it seem not as dark. I think there's more, it's more action heavy than you get like back to the future vibes. You get like Indiana Jones, which you got Indiana Jones vibes in season two, but it's just, you know, there's car chases, there's, you know, shootouts, there's crawling through tunnels and it just seemed more action heavy as opposed to horror slash sci-fi which is weird because there's a giant monster in season three that is made up of you know the jiggly goo remains of right. the people of hawkins yeah but i mean season two we had the introduction of billy we had the introduction of max we had paul riser and we had 
Bob. Bob Newby, um, Sean Aston coming in. So I thought that was cool because we got some new faces, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of neat. So I don't know. I mean, overall, I mean, it, it, it it's kind of hard to, you know, pick a favorite. I mean, you're picking your favorite child yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think, you know, season two may get a bad rap specifically because of the lost sister. I think so too. I think that's what drags season two down, honestly. And I think because it was so disliked, when people think of season two, that's the, that's the only thing they think of. Right. Is, yeah. is like, oh, there was that one episode. And really, yes, it's bad. But overall, season two is good. Like, it, I really, I feel like I came around this time watching it. Yeah. Because I was, you know, more focused on what we were going to talk about or, you know, picking my superlatives. And it just gave me like a different lens yeah. to watch it through. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. I was actually just doing some more research and there was a New Yorker. <laughs> it's a kind of a New Yorker satire piece. And it was what if other tv showrunners had written stranger things season two uh-huh. um i'll post a link to it it's it's very funny so they had they didn't really have the people write it but they wrote it in the style of larry david so it's got kind of oh, a gosh. curb your enthusiasm <laughs> kind of seinfeld vibe uh shonda rhymes so it's got kind yeah. of a Grey's Anatomy scandal kind of you know bodice ripper kind of you know thing uh-huh. going on uh and then benny off and weiss who did game of thrones so it's just a, it's just a little satire humor piece. Yeah, um, that is really funny. I would love is, to see what Larry David funny, did. So. Curb is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, it was um, it, it, it's very interesting. So um, so obviously we don't have any where in the world is your music or anything to talk about this mm-hmm. week. Um, but I do have some homework for you. Um, oh, I'm nervous. I've, yes, uh, it's all behind the scenes stuff. OK, I don't really expect you to get. Well, you'll you might get one of these, but. Um, it's more just to get the information out there than to actually okay. you know, see if you know it. So are you ready for your homework? You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. Let's do this. Okay. Which character has the most lines in season two? First guess, Dustin. Second guess, Hopper. Third guess, Joyce. Coming in at number five is Lucas with 229 lines. Okay. Um, I should give credit for this too. This is, I got this off Reddit and I'll post a link to it. Uh, coming in at number five is Lucas with 229 lines. Number four is Mike Wheeler with 234 lines. Joyce at 253 lines. Hopper at 293. And number one is Dustin 356 lines. Yes, you got them in order. So I think that that deserves a family feud ding. Okay, very nice. Okay. All right. What was the original last name when the Duffers were writing the original script? What was the original last name of Paul Reiser's character, Dr. Owens? What was he originally called in the original script? I don't have any idea. I don't know anything about his character behind the scenes or anything. His character was actually named Dr. Riser because they wanted, they wanted Paul Riser for the part. Uh, so they, they called it, called him. And Dr. when they Riser. got him, they changed it. Yep. Oh, yep. okay. Cause okay. they couldn't have obviously Paul Riser playing Dr. Riser. So I think yeah. they should have. Yeah. And I'll put um, Holly, uh, was it Hollywood deadline? Hollywood. Uh, oh no. Hollywood reporter did a whole uh, article about, season two secrets and behind the scenes stuff. So, Oh, that's fun. um, Okay. Question number three, a character named Billy from what popular eighties movie was a partial inspiration for Billy Hargrove. 
Uh, Karate Kid. No. No? No. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try this again. A character named Billy from what popular 80s movie was a partial inspiration for Billy Hargrove? Billy. More of a physical appearance thing than anything else. So think of an 80s movie that has a character named Billy that looks very close to Billy Hargrove. Oh, you're going to kick yourself in the head. You're going to literally... Yeah. You're gonna, I am. You're going to chop your foot off and beat yourself in the head with it. I. Uh, if I said Rob Lowe, would that help at all? Rob Lowe was in St. Elmo's Fire. Whose character was named? Billy. And who had oh, a, a mullet and, and an earring and everything else. Yeah. I've yeah. literally seen St. Elmo's Fire one time in my life. I really? do not like. Yeah, I don't like it. It's depressing. <laughs> it's very depressing. Yes, yeah, so. I don't like that. I've seen it one time. That's it. So yeah, when they were devising Billy, they kind of draw their drew their inspiration from um, Rob Lowe's character of Billy in St. Elmo's Fire. So, oh. okay. Last question, and this is oh, this is my favorite question. What young Lexington, Kentucky native had a small part in season two and season three? of stranger things oh my gosh did you finally find it was it i did it was stacy yes i knew it i told you there was someone in there that was from lexington you said it wasn't (laughs) stacy i know somebody it wasn't stacy i don't know but yes it was uh the actress's name is uh sydney bullock um and she is from lexington kentucky and i have included i'll include in our socials uh she did a radio interview on wuky um it's like a little eight minute interview where the um host of the show talked to her and I think her mom was there too. So, so I thought you would be pleased that I finally, I finally dug up that information. Yeah. Because I think I went to, I I mean, I didn't try too hard, but I went to her IMDB page and Mm -hmm. I didn't see it on there. So I was like, well, maybe it wasn't her. It took a little digging, man. I knew that there was someone and I thought it was Stacy. And then I backtracked because it wasn't, I was like, surely would have been listed on her IMDB page, but I guess not. Yeah. So before we go on to, I think we, we can just kind of jump to our superlatives, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. But just out of curiosity, the rounding out that we have the top 20 list of the most lines for season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at number 20 was uh, Claudia uh, Henderson. So Dustin's mom had 28 lines. Axel from The Lost Sister had 31. Becky Ives, the sister, had 39. Karen Wheeler only had 41, which is surprising to me. She was on the phone the whole time. Yeah, I know. Murray was at 16 with 52. Kali uh, with 79 was at number 15. And then 14 was Billy. 13 was Jonathan. 12 was uh, Dr. Owens. 11 was Bob. And then uh, <laughs> 11 was Bob and 10 was 11. Mm-hmm. And then the so the top 10 were 11, Steve, Will, Nancy, Max, Lucas, Mike, Joyce, Hopper, Dustin. Dustin. Yeah, it wasn't hard to figure out, Dustin. He talks the most. He does. He does talk quite a bit. So, okay. Do you want to just sure. wrap this up and do some superlatives? Yeah, let's do some superlatives. Ooh. I don't think that my MVP is a very is like shocking to anyone. <laughs> I don't think mine is either. As much as I, I do. About to be it. fair, I almost, I almost gave it to Bob Newby. Yeah. Just because he he tried so hard and he was just such a great great man but was. ultimately it went to steve my man steve harrington because he is he just stepped up to the plate to take care of those kids and with, with his with his baseball bat so yeah yeah a, i mean he got to use that's his baseball an app bat, sports metaphor right there and he got to look really cool 
And honestly, it might've just been that scene where they're getting ready to set the tunnels on fire that just pushed me over the edge. And I was like, yes, it's him. That with the Zippo in slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. I went with Noah Schnapp and I think it, I mean, I mean, I've, I've talked about him through the whole season. I, and I mean, part of it is yes, he did nothing in season one. Mm -hmm. um, So we finally got to see him in season two, but if you go back and look at what this kid had to do uh, in this season, I mean, he was crying, he was convulsing on the ground. He was getting a monster, you know, pulled out of him at the end. He got the monster going into him at the beginning. And then he also had to pee in front of Winona Ryder. So, yes, I mean, yeah, I think I think no. Mike great. and I were actually discussing that, talking about how we were like, yeah, how do you not feel so stupid when you're doing that? I yeah. mean, obviously, like yeah. actors are great, and they yeah. can over. I would just feel so dumb shaking on the ground with my mouth open. And oh, I know, right? <laughs> That's a cut. Okay, yeah. let's reset. All right, all right, I'm done. <laughs> take five. Okay, take six. Uh, okay, so best line. Best line. I went with Bob Newby with his the pirate treasure line when they're figuring out will's yes. weird map yeah what's at the x pirate treasure x marks the spot yep my best line is also bob newby when he was getting ready to go down into the basement to reset everything and and he just you know joyce was obviously worried that he was going and was, might not come back and he just turned to her and said it's gonna be okay remember bob newby Best 80s moment of the entire season. Most spirited. I know it feels like I'm harping on this, but I cannot get past the wheels on Lucas's dining room table and his chairs. It's on carpets. <laughs> it's the most 80s thing ever. It is very 80s. I was also remembering that episode you mentioned um, uh, Dustin's bedroom door, how it was a pocket door, how it kind yeah. of slid back and forth. Yeah, it had mm-hmm. the little latch on it, didn't even have a doorknob. Yep. I went with a snowball and it was kind of like my first season. I went with the um, the auditorium full of kids for Will's memorial service, but I just, I just get so tripped out by the costumes and, and how good they do. Oh, man, them it together. Is, it's just amazing. Yeah. So I, I had to go with the snowball. Okay. So the most stranger thing of stranger things too is, I don't, e- I don't even know how it's a question. It's Bob's death. He's literally yeah. dim a dog dinner and they, the sounds that they make while they're doing it, yeah. the, the whole, which I'm glad, like we talked about, they cut that clip. It was supposed to be so much gorier. Yeah. And, but just the, oh, the, when you can see the dim dogs like pulling away and the yeah. slobber and bleh, gross. <laughs> was, I can't remember what that line was from the critic I read in the, that episode. It's like French kissing him with sandpaper or something like that. Yeah. Oh rich. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I think it's gotta be Bob's death, but I also got to give a little shout out to Muse's death. Cause that came first and it was, yeah. I mean, that was, that was one of the really shocking things to happen and, and kind of cringy and kind of, Oh my God, what am I looking at? Yeah. Well, it was just the, jiggling and yeah. Yeah. So I think you could either one is fine, but yeah, I think Bob was kind of takes the cake on that one. So, okay. I think that wraps it up for. Season two. Stranger Things 2 recap. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, If you want to engage with us or email us, you can always do that at scoopsahoypod at gmail.com. You can send us your own superlatives. You can follow us on social media at scoopsahoypod. We're on Twitter and Facebook. That's where we always post links to our new episodes. Of course, you can always subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, 
Spotify, wherever. We would love it if you left us a review because that helps us get in front of other potential listeners. That does it for this week. Next week, we will be back with season three, episode one, Susie, do you copy? So I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.